BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details newton group transfer they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them they're shocking these timeshare companies not all of them but so many they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up you can't give them up or they'll they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars one girl she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Welcome to our Joe Biden dog face pony soldier special. We are going to have lots of fun. We're going to outline some ugly things about the Biden campaign, which, let's be honest, that's the whole campaign. But first, Have you heard there's a first TV app out there now? We're talking you can get this thing on Amazon, on Apple, on Google Play, on Roku, and you can watch the first live anywhere you are or on demand. And I know what you're thinking. Jesse, does that mean I can just watch your show on repeat 24 hours a day? That's exactly what that means. I understand that's probably what you're going to use it for, and I certainly don't blame you. So there you go. The first TV has an app now. Joe Biden. It's an interesting situation for Democrats in this country, and I, because I'm a a bit of a student of history, three years at community college, almost three years, I like to look at how political parties deal with issues. Even, Even my own party, even parties I hate, I have this amazing ability to step back and analyze things. And if I'm the Democrats, I don't know what to do. Here's the situation. You finally finally have a bit of an inroad on Donald Trump. And what's that inroad? Well, the economy's in tatters. 
we have all these horrible numbers out. 20 million jobs lost in April, 33 million unemployed. I mean, look, I don't have to outline it for you. It's bad. It's really bad. And that's what you need if you're running to bounce a sitting president. You need a bad economy to do it. So, yay, we're good. Except we're not good because we put up an uncharismatic idiot of a vice president that was on his best day. And this guy, people forget about this. He was still dealing with the Hunter Biden mess. It's more than just the grabbing and the sniffing of every child on the eastern seaboard. It was his son with no qualifications at all getting a $50,000 a month job in Ukraine when Biden as vice president was in charge of our Ukraine stuff. That was unexplainable. You know, not was, that still is unexplainable. And even when people have asked him, it was the weirdest thing. Biden's own response was always, well, no one said he did anything wrong. Uh, That's really what everyone's saying, Joe. I mean, even leftists are saying that. So that was when, you know, that was as good as the campaign got. And then... What what do we want to say? How do you want me to put this from now on? I'm genuinely not trying to be mean, but then Joe Biden began to degenerate, lose his mind, melt. I'm not sure exactly how we're supposed to say it, but we all have seen the videos. I'm not going to play you one right now. Joe Biden can't hold a thought together and keep this in mind. Remember this. That's as much rest as he's going to have for the next four to eight years if he were elected president right now. He doesn't have to campaign. He doesn't have to leave his house. He wake, wake up every day, 10 a.m., go down, get some breakfast with the wife, head downstairs, get some makeup put on, stand in front of the TV, try to read some cue cards, and he can't do a five-minute TV interview. The guy's not doing well. Oh, but there's more. Now we have this Tara Reid situation. Tara Reid doesn't sound like a liar. You know I don't get involved in the details of it. I don't. We're about to play you some clips. We'll let you let you hear her in her own words from this great Megyn Kelly interview. But, I mean, it sounds bad. And she told people. And she filed some complaints. And there's the more details we get, the more her story looks good. You remember all the Christine Blasey Ford mess, Ford mess when it came out and everyone's like, ah, oh, that looks bad. And then each and everything we found out, the story got less credible. It's going the opposite way here for Tara Reid. It looks good. And the left, what are they doing? They're not destroying Joe Biden. I've seen several things saying, ah, oh, even if it is true, I mean, it might be, but I'm with him anyway. I mean, the, even they can't really deny it much. And what else are they doing? Well, what they always do. They're going after Tara Reid. Watch this. He did say that in his view, accusers should start off with the presumption that they're telling the truth. Do you think he's afforded you that presumption? No. I mean, it's been stunning, actually, how the, the, some of his surrogates with the blue checks, you know, that are his surrogates, have been saying really horrible things about me and to me on social media. Um, he hasn't himself, but there's a measure of hypocrisy with the campaign saying it's safe. It's not been safe. You know, all my social media has been hacked. All my personal information has been dragged through. Every person that maybe has a, you know, a gripe against me, an ex-boyfriend or an ex-landlord, whatever it is, has been able to have a platform rather than me. Um, talking about things that have nothing to do with 1993, like even the whole thing with being called a Russian agent, that in particular, um, that incites people. People actually, I got a death threat from that because they thought I was being a traitor to America. And I mean, these are serious things. Like, and his campaign is taking this position that they want all women to be able to speak safely. I have not experienced that. Because it's not true. This is about power. And it's always been about power. Even all that, you know that October surprise that Trump had? 90,000 women say Trump assaulted them back in 1850. You remember. It was supposed to scare everybody. The Kavanaugh stuff, now this. This has not been about women for a long time. It's not been about women receiving justice for a long time. It's always about power. Tara Reid's finding that out. Might not hurt to say a prayer for her, because I am sure the leftist hordes are coming for her. And she was asked, you know, do you want to take a lie detector test or something? Here's what she said. If I can just go back for one second to Blasey Ford. Yes. Some of those who supported her, but now have found a reason not to support you, say, well, she was under oath. 
Would you go under oath? Absolutely. They say, well, she subjected herself to cross-examination. Would you do that? Absolutely. They also point out that she took a polygraph controlled by someone on her team. Is that something you want to do? I'm not a criminal. Joe Biden should take the polygraph. What kind of precedent does that set for survivors of violence? Does that mean we're presumed guilty and we all have to take polygraphs? So I will take one if Joe Biden takes one. But I'm not a criminal. No real issue with that. I might push back on her just a touch on that as far as, well, should every, sur should every survivor or victim have, well, hold on, you're making an accusation. You want him to take one, you take one, which she did say in the end. That's, that's a woman saying, I'll say it under oath. That's a woman saying, I'll take a polygraph if he does. That's looking worse. Is this not looking worse for Joe Biden as we travel down this rabbit hole? I mean, <laughs> read. Does not sound like an apology is enough from Joe either. There she is. If he's watching this, mm -hmm. what do you want to say to him? I want to say, you and I were there, Joe Biden. Please step forward and be held accountable. You should not be running on character for the President of the United States. You want him to withdraw? I wish he would. But he won't, but I wish he would. That's how I feel emotionally. Do you want an apology? I think it's a little late. Not my job to tell a woman how to feel if, th if that actually happened. Not my job at all. Clearly, there are some things left unresolved for her there. Let us hope they get resolved whether Joe does that for her or not. And here's the deal. Nobody really wants to bring this part up. All right, but I'm going to be the one to bring it up. But yeah, everybody knows I have to be the bad guy. What if Joe Biden genuinely doesn't remember? I mean, we have to consider this, right? Given Joe Biden's state of decline, what if when he's asked about it, Joe Biden genuinely doesn't remember? Let's, let's be honest. We've seen old people go through what we all know Joe Biden is going through right now. And it's pretty much the saddest thing in the world. There are times they don't remember their spouses. Do you think right now? Joe, in the beginning stages or middle stages, whatever stage you want to call it, do you think Joe Biden remembers 1993? He generally might not. Oh, here he is on Morning Joe when he's asked about it. Why limit this only to Tara Reid? Why not release any complaints that it may had been made against you during your Senate career? I'm prepared to do that. There, the best of my knowledge, there's been no complaints made against me in terms of my Senate career, in terms of my office, and anything that's been run. Look, this is an open book. There's nothing for me to hide. Nothing at all. Approve a search of her name. Yes, and reveal uh, anything not... that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't, they're, they're not there. And if they, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm are trying no to make personnel is that records you by are, definition. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. That was uncomfortable. And hey, look, Joe Biden has a shaky history with the truth. That's what you're supposed to say in this business. I'll just say he's been a big fat liar forever. This is him from 1998 or 1988. I mean, what law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly, I, I think, we I, I, think I probably right. have a much higher IQ than you do. I suspect I went to law school on a full academic scholarship. The only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college.
I love that. <laughs> Look, that's Joe. Before he started degenerating, before this awful accusation, Joe Biden sucked. They always sucked. He was a B-team player at best. And you thought because he was Obama's VP that Obama's charisma would magically morph onto him. It don't work that way, people. It don't work that way. All right. We got a great, great show for you tonight. Get ready for it. It's going to be a fun ride. But first, ebb sleep. I know what you're saying. Jesse, what's ebb sleep? Well, here's what it is. It's not drugs you take in order to go to sleep. It's not some mouthpiece you stuff in your mouth in order to go to sleep. It is a wearable device. It goes right on your head, and it targets the real reason you can't sleep, your thoughts. I know what you go through. Believe me, I've been there. You lay down, and you can't turn your mind off. It just won't stop. And look, I'm not telling you you're wrong for that. There's a lot to think about these days. But you need sleep in order to get through it. Ebb Sleep has a deal for you, too. If you go to tryeb.com, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, tryeb.com slash jesse, and you use the promo code jesse, you get 25 bucks off. Go, get an ebb sleep, start getting eight hours a night. Well, this is a special treat. She's making her second jump into the I'm Right world. Jenna Ellis, constitutional law attorney and senior legal advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, meaning she has a lot more schooling than anybody involved with this show. Jenna, first of all, I worry about the same thing a lot of Americans worry about, and that is the integrity of elections. And no, I'm not talking about Russians running some Facebook ads and then pretending like that actually changed something. I mean, real, actual election integrity. And every time this is brought up, Democrats will mock me. Oh, you're acting like this is ridiculous. And then we have actual dead people voting. We have illegals voting. We know this stuff happens, and it seems like Democrats want even more. Absolutely. And, you know, election integrity is such a huge issue, and it shouldn't be a partisan issue, Jesse. Uh, it's really interesting that the Democrats always push back on this. And uh, the basic response is, well, why aren't you also concerned th that uh, one vote for one person and to make sure that uh, election integrity and ballot integrity matters in this country? And if they were actually concerned about that, then they wouldn't be trying to manipulate the rules. They wouldn't be uh, trying to downplay the uh, the real need that we have in this country to make sure that we promote free and fair elections. And so what the Democrats are actually doing currently is using the coronavirus as an excuse to manipulate the voting rules in a lot of states. And uh, Team Trump, as well as the, D the GOP, is pushing back on that. We've launched a website today called protectthevote.com. You can go and see what the core principles are of election integrity, why this matters, and also click on your home state and see what we're doing to fight uh, these ridiculous uh, challenges and so-called reforms that the Democrats are proposing in states just to manipulate the outcome of elections. Jenna, I don't understand why Democrats would want to manipulate the outcome of elections when they have such a superstar like Joe Biden running against Donald Trump. That's, you know, that is such a great question, Jesse. And, um, you know, you'd think. And so really the, uh, the, the question speaks for itself because if they weren't interested in manipulating the vote and they knew that they could actually win over the American people through logic, through rational arguments, through policy, uh, through actual, you know, putting up someone who has an actual chance of winning, then maybe they wouldn't be so concerned about this. But again, the Democrats are the party of hypocrisy. They're always interested in simply manipulating the rules. They do this with the U.S. Constitution. You never hear Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or anybody cite the Constitution unless they want to manipulate it to their own personal benefit. And that's exactly what they're doing with elections and particularly ballot harvesting. This is this idea that um, they will have a third party come around and collect a bunch of ballots. And if you vote the right way, then maybe your ballot will end up being counted. But if you don't vote the way the Democrats want, maybe that ballot doesn't actually meet its destination and getting counted. So we have to challenge this uh, all over the place because your vote matters and election integrity matters. 
Jenna, Donald Trump is not exactly known for holding back on his punches. I know that's really shocking news to you and everybody else watching the show. And we have a candidate, Joe Biden, and Trump honestly has been pretty gentle about this so far. What way I can, can I put this? He's not doing well. Everybody can see he's not doing well. He's in a restful environment in his home and can't get through a five-minute TV interview. How does this look for Joe Biden if he has to stand on stage and debate Donald Trump, which even people who hate Donald Trump have to acknowledge on the stage, off the cuff, the dude's a superstar. What in the world is the Joe Biden plan there? Because I have this sneaking suspicion they're going to try to hide him in his basement the whole campaign. They're continuing to do that. And again, they're using, unfortunately, this national crisis and this pandemic uh, to just hide their candidate. Why isn't Joe Biden out on his front lawn exercising social distancing and actually taking questions from the press? No, he has to read from a teleprompter, it looks like, or have these scripted interviews that are very carefully selected that are no more than a few minutes long. Um, even some of his own videos, you can tell that they're spliced together because he doesn't have a full sentence that he can articulate uh, for more than a few seconds. And, you know, so I, I agree with you. I mean, that debate, even if there's social distance of, uh, you know, six feet apart, Donald Trump will still take the knockout punch and that'll happen really, really quickly. I don't know what the Democrats are thinking, but, uh, you know, certainly propping up Joe Biden as their best effort for 2020 is really showing how seriously in trouble the Democrat Party is. And that's why they have to try to manipulate the rules and election laws for their own nefarious purposes, because they know no, they don't have a winning candidate or a winning platform. How does he deal with this Tara Reid issue? I, I, look, I, I don't know who's telling the truth, who isn't. I never play these games when it comes to politics, but this is an issue that's clearly not going away. We just saw this great Megyn Kelly interview. Tara Reid was very clear about things. Joe Biden is going to have to deal with this, right? Surely not even our disgusting media can bury this. Right. And, you know, Donald Trump has always stood for due process and the truth and fact finding. And I was so proud of him as a constitutional law attorney standing for uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh when he was absolutely raked over the coals and presumed guilty before there was even any sort of corroborating evidence here. And so what Joe Biden uh, has to face is the fact that believe all women now means something different when it's a woman accusing him. And so this is, again, another example of how Democrats are simply manipulating the rules because believe all women, whenever it's uh, against a Republican or someone that the Democrats don't like, Believe all women means guilty um, before you're proven innocent. But now it's uh, innocent until proven guilty when it's Joe Biden. So which standard is it? He either has to take Tara Reid's advice and withdraw if he wants to apply the, his own standard, or he has to admit that he's manipulating the standard and he owes Justice Brett Kavanaugh one hell of an apology. See? That's why we bring Jenna Ellis on, everybody. You can't get information like that from me because I went to community college. Jenna, much appreciated. Great to see you, Jesse. Thanks. Be good. Look, he's got a pickle here. He's got a real pickle here. It's not just a legal pickle. It's what do you do if you're the Joe Biden campaign? The, 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 the best feature of any campaign, I know this is not exactly breaking news, is the candidate himself. If you have to hide the candidate himself and it's a presidential campaign, that is, that's not a good situation to be in. We'll see how it plays out. All right, we're not done yet. We've got a great show. Hang on. Joining me now, the great Matt Walsh, who no longer needs an introduction on this show. I'm sure you read his stuff. If not, you should start. Matt, explain something to me briefly here. Sorry, Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. Explain something to me. Joe Biden. Everyone cares who he's going to pick for vice president. And everyone seems to care a lot more than they've ever cared about any president or potential president who they're going to pick. And everybody knows why they care so much about his vice president. And nobody seems to want to unpack that or have that conversation. Why do we care so much about Joe Biden's VP pick? 
Yeah, well, because it's a because he's 187 years old. So we and, and I think it's, <laughs> it's understood. It, it, you're right. It's this weird unspoken thing that we all sort of understand that there's a very good chance that this man will not physically survive his first term in office. Uh, and certainly, if he survives physically, there's no way he's going to survive mentally because he's he's hardly all mentally there now. Which, when we talk about that, it's like we're not even we're not joking or trying to trying to make fun of him. It's like he really is slipping into dementia. And that that much is clear. And uh, you know, by the time you hit 80, your chance of the chances of developing dementia at 80 is already about 20 percent. And uh, when you add on the most stressful job in the world. And the fact that you're already losing your mind—I mean, it's—it's just—it's—it's it's crazy to me that we're even considering electing someone this old. It, it is crazy, and I feel like Matt. I feel like the American people, at least right now, aren't giving enough credit to the fact the president of the United States, even if it's a Democrat, even if it's Barack Obama, you know, who I couldn't stand, he still has to walk into really, really important meetings with other leaders on the world stage. And if not lead the room, has to at least be functional, a functioning adult in the room. We can't, as the United States of America, send someone into a G20 meeting who is drooling on himself. I, I'm, I'm floored the Democrat Party chose it. I'm, I'm floored they went that route because people forget they rallied behind this guy. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think that what they've done with Joe Biden, I mean, politically, it's, uh, they made probably the worst choice because they chose a guy who removes um, two of their potentially most effective attack lines against Trump. Because normally you would think, okay, if this is Trump we're talking about, what can you attack him on? You can try to say that he's, he's crazy, you know, which I don't think he is, but that, that's an attack line that could work. And you could try to attack him on moral character. Well, now we've got a you've got a, an accused rapist with dementia who you've just put up against Donald Trump, and and so there go there goes both of those lines of attack. Uh, so I, I I just I I think any one of the other people, and there were a lot of not great candidates they had to choose from. In fairness to them, but any one of them probably would have been better better than this guy. Agreed. Do you think? And I and I really try to not go tin foil on my head stuff. Do you think there's a chance Democrats are already coming up with some kind of a plan? I mean, you and I know how this works. It's not the people in the party. It's the billionaires get together who fund the party and say, look, we can't do this. We need to switch gears before the nomination. Or do you really think they're going to try to ride this guy out? Because let's be honest, with unemployment numbers like this, they have a real shot at the presidency. They do. Uh, you know, I, normally I would say there's there's no chance because you, you hear this every year. We heard this last last cycle with, with Trump, of course. People thought they were going to get rid of Trump at the convention. Didn't happen. Didn't even come close to happening. Uh, so normally I would say it is tinfoil hat. It's never going to happen. Maybe it'll be different in this case. I think the one thing, though, that for the Democrats is um, the, look at the re what what really put Biden over the top according to the pundits anyway, it's what it's worth, is that he had all the support of r racial minorities, especially in the South. So it's the black community, as the narrative goes, that um, basically put Biden in the driver's seat. So if the Democrat Party, if the, the, if the party elders, if the people in control, the powers that be come in and put someone else in, then they're going to have disenfranchised, essentially, the, the black voters in their own uh, voting base. I think that's a narrative they really, really don't want. And so probably that alone would stop them from trying to replace him. Unless unless they can get him, I think the only thing, the only way he steps down is if they can somehow convince him to make it his idea. But uh, I think, you know, you don't, you don't get to 78 years old uh, trying this hard to be president so many times and get this close and step aside of your own volition. So I don't see that happening. Tell me, who is going to be his VP pick? Why Is it going to be this Stacey Abrams? It seems like all the inside baseball people I know say it's going to be Kamala Harris. Do either of those people help him? Obviously, I don't like either of them, but do either of those people genuinely help him in his chances? I don't see how they do. Kamala Harris is not a beloved figure for, for among anybody. I'm not sure who her, who, who her voting base is exactly. Stacey Abrams, <laughs> I don't know what she does or why Stacey Abrams is even a thing. I do think that vice president is sort of like the Pope, where if you campaign too hard for it, you don't get it. That's the thing with the Pope. The Cardinals who really want to be Pope, they're never chosen. If you, if you, even though they all want to be Pope, of course. I mean, everyone would like to be vice president, but you can't, you can't come across like you really want it too much, uh, because then they're not going to trust you. I think so. I think Stacey Abrams just put herself out of the game. Um, all, all, maybe all Stacey Abrams has 
guaranteed is that yes they're going to choose a black woman because you know because of the narrative that she's created that uh if you don't do that then you're racist but they don't have to choose her maybe they'll maybe it will be kamala harris maybe it'll be someone else uh, I, I don't know on these allegations matt i i obviously haven't gotten into the details of them that's just not my thing but this is obviously something joe biden's gonna have to deal with going forward at least for the next month or so before the media forgets all about it can we just acknowledge we're at the point now none of these things are ever about the actual women who've allegedly been assaulted it's always been about power and politics and let's just let's just become more jaded like we already are and just accept the fact nobody cares about these women except for the people in their close circle and that sucks but that's where we are yeah i think so and i think there have been a few people in the Democrat Party, uh, Lisa Bloom, the, the feminist lawyer, and a couple others who have essentially admitted that, yeah, maybe maybe Biden's a, racist, a rapist, rather, or maybe he's a racist too, who knows? Uh, maybe he's a rapist, but I'm going to vote for him anyway because I hate Trump. That's, that, you know, that's at least an honest, I, I think for the Democrats, they're going to have to just come out and say that. Uh, which, you know what, that's sort of what Republicans said in 2016, and that's how they diffused a lot of the accusations and stuff that was going on around uh, Trump, including the Access Hollywood tape and all that. You know, what Republicans said is, yeah, you know what, maybe some of this stuff is true, maybe he's not the greatest guy, but I think Hillary Clinton is evil incarnate, uh, we cannot allow her to be president, so we've got to choose Trump. And that was enough to diffuse a lot of the attacks. I think that, uh, that that's what the Democrats are going to have to do. They're going to have to because pretending that they haven't been going on about believe all women, me too, you know, trying to pretend that none of that happened, that's not going to work. They're going to have to face it and be honest and say, we just hate Trump this much. And so, yeah, maybe this guy's crazy. Maybe he's a rapist, but uh, we're still going to vote for him because we hate Trump. Matt, I know you've been on the same page as me as far as these lockdowns and how much they're hurting working families. Do the Democrats have a lane they haven't capitalized on here with the jobs, or do they not have this lane? I, I view it as a huge lane they could grab a hold of right now, saying Donald Trump killed 30 million jobs. Instead, they're still focusing on the lockdowns, and, and you know Donald Trump wants to kill people. I feel like they could win the election right now if they'd focus on jobs. I think they could, yeah, because you've got, I mean, you've got a president who's presiding, whether it's his fault or not. I mean, of course, it's not all his fault. I mean... But uh, he's presiding over the worst, potentially the worst economic collapse in American history, certainly the, wor the worst job loss we've ever seen in American history. So, yes, I mean, if you can't use that to get rid of a president, then, then nothing will work. But as you said, they just, they've, they've already punted on that because they're cheering on the lockdown, which means that Trump, at any moment, he could pivot. And he's sort of, he, the thing with Trump is he's pivoting back and forth and he's teetering between the two. But... At any moment, he could make a committed pivot to trying to save jobs and pin all this on the Democrats. And I think that would work for him, even at this point, even after two months. Um, so it's, it's really a matter of which, which side decides to make that pivot first. I guess we'll find out. Why go so hard for the lockdowns if you're Trump? I've heard, I've heard a million different explanations. I've heard it's too much Jared and Ivanka in his ear. I've heard it's the germaphobe thing. I've heard it's the New York City thing. I don't understand it, Matt. I genuinely do not. You presided over the... Honestly, he bragged about being the greatest jobs president ever. I laughed at him, and he was. I mean, let's be, let's be frank. He was, and now he's not. What happened? I think... Yeah, I, I guess I would say the same thing everyone else says, that he's listening to the wrong people. I don't know if it's Jared and Ivanka. Or, you know, he's, 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 he's entrusted uh, Fauci and Burks. He's made them sort of the gurus and what they say goes, so he's put a lot of trust in them. Uh, I think he, he's, he's terrified of being blamed for, you know, having the entire death toll of, of the coronavirus placed on his shoulders. So he's terrified of that. But, of course, he shouldn't worry about that because th that's going to happen no matter what. So he should know that by now, that no matter what happens, no matter what he does, whether he's gung-ho for, gung for the lockdown or against it, he's going to be blamed for whatever happens. So he knows that. There should be – that's the one thing I don't, under don't quite understand about Trump at this point is that he, he should see a lot of freedom in the fact that the media is going to blame him no matter what he does. So just go ahead and do the right thing. And um, and the people who can see, who are smart enough to see that it's the right thing, let them see it. But there's no point in trying to play the game with the media or appease them at all. No point in worrying about what they say. Uh, so I, I wish he would realize that and and act accordingly. 
Matt Walsh, appreciate you, my friend. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, we're not done yet. Hang on. Joining me now, one of my favorite pundits out there, the host of Stu Does America, Stu Bergier. Stu, I have this theory. Not a big conspiracy theory guy, but I have this theory out there that Democrat governors like Whitmer of Michigan, who just recently extended her stay-at-home order till the end of May, that they have this plan to completely trash the economy on purpose because they think it will hurt Donald Trump's election chances. And in the case of Whitmer, I think she's doing it because she knows Michigan is a critical swing state and she knows Joe Biden may very well just melt into a pile of stew, no pun intended, by the time there's a swearing in and that she wants to be president of the United States after Biden gets wheeled out of the White House. Wow. Well, I mean, at the very least, it's a very nice side effect uh, of this. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, you know, Joe Biden has sat here with a, uh, you know, he's, he's come out and he said, I will be choosing my vice president based on their genitals. And when you start there, you're going to kind of a, a weird, a weird place. Um, you know, I think that would be really sexist if uh, if a presidential candidate said, I'm only choosing out of the pool of men for my vice president um, here. It's apparently OK. And, and when you go to kind of the the economic situation, look, how else is Biden going to win something like this, right? He is he just, you know, overtly terrible in every single way as a candidate at this point. He obviously can't do this anymore. No one will tell him that he can't do this anymore. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, they should have told Apollo Creed to retire before his comeback fight, and they should have told Joe Biden to retire, too. <laughs> Correction. Correction. Apollo Creed was in that fight for a long time. He was performing very, very well. It just at some point in time, Drago got in a couple lucky shots and then it was over. Apollo Creed was in that fight, sir. What fight were you watching? He tired himself out with the, with the whole James Brown shtick, and then he gets out there. He lands a few punches at the beginning of the fight. I could do a whole podcast with you on this one. I, I don't want to take up all your time, though. He did. He did. In hindsight, I guess the feet shuffling and whatnot, you know, maybe not the best call in the world, but I digress. All right. You say Joe Biden, they're trying to talk him out of it or nobody's been able to talk him out of it. Call me a cynic. I say nobody wants to talk him out of it. I say, I mean, look, I don't know. the. I don't get involved in people's homes and private lives and gossip and things like that. So I don't know what his marriage is like. I don't see the f- that his wife is hounding him every day. I don't see his best friends, his people who are hoping to be in that cabinet, you know, basically running the country, talking out of it, talking him, talking him out of it. Easy for me to say. I, am I, is that being too cynical? Do you think they are? And Joe's just, oh, I am not. Just give me a Werther's original. <laughs> well, I mean, cer- certainly the Werther's original part is happening uh, either way. Um, but, I, you know, there is this uh, a thing where the White House is a pretty enticing place. Right. Like this is, you know, that much power uh, and being that close to it is something that people really want. And I, you know, I would hope if I were in that position and I saw my dad or my grandpa or my great, 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 great grandpa uh, going through something like this, I would want to be (laughs) able to have the balls to stand up and say, look, this guy just can't do this. This is sad. We're watching him deteriorate in front of our eyes. But, you know, when you are when you have that power so close to you and it's within your grasp, you know, it's it's difficult. I think the human uh, instinct is to try to hold on to it and convince yourself that he's all there. Um, and I think you're right. I, I, I don't think they're trying to talk him out of it. I think they hope he will be able to pull this thing off. I think there's a there's a there's almost a uh, a little bit of a thought that like Apollo Creed, you know, he gets in the ring a little bit and maybe he loosens up and maybe he gets his rhythm back a little bit. But as we saw in that fight that he was not in at any point, Raga was clearly toying with him the entire time. Uh, you know, it was uh, he never got loose. He never got quick. He never got his feet shuffled in the right way. The jab never came back. And you know that does seem where we are with Biden. These new circumstances are so out of the, you know, out of the world that it, who knows how that affects the election in the end. But, uh, you know, when it comes to a one-on-one matchup right now, he does not look like he can handle it. Well, I mean, one might argue he got very loose there towards the end, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> All right, Stu, I'm obviously very, very highly educated. My community college was fully accredited, so mm-hmm. a lot of people think I know everything, but I don't. So I need you mm-hmm. to explain this to me. 
Joe Biden was, obviously he's the opposite party. I can't stand the guy. But he was a, a senator for 9,000 years. He was vice president for eight years. He got a wife. I'm sure he's got, you know, a nice little nest egg. What is it about power? You brought it up about power. What is it? Why is it that important? I understand that I'm a sociopath, so I don't think like other people, but I couldn't imagine being that old and not wanting to just go to Florida like every other old person and golf for the remainder of my days. What is it about power that people find so intoxicating they'll literally kill themselves for it? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I, I don't know. You know, there's, a, uh, there's that thing where... Uh, you know, I would, people are like, I want to, one day I want to be rich and famous. Honestly, I just kind of want to be rich. I, the fame thing is stupid. I don't really want to <laughs> get bothered by people. Give me lots of money. I'll go to some island somewhere and you'll never hear from me again. That's not the vibe of everybody though. Um, you know, and I think like when you look at this and it's, it's almost like I, I sit here um, every year and I spend an inordinate amount of time researching NFL players so I can have a draft of fantasy players which I will have nothing to do with and it will still take my entire uh, week uh, you know I'll be obsessing over it over and over and over again for you know six months uh, it, it, everyone you know that everybody wants to rule the world right like there's something about it where you think that you're the one that's going to make the difference and you're the one that can you know you can change the whole world and you can change how people see it you know socialism isn't just a passing fancy for these people this is a lifelong goal and a way they wanted to change the world and when you get close to it you don't want to give it up there's, of course, trappings involved with that, and there's a lot of other things associated with it as well. But the high-minded the high answer, I think, is they think uh, changing the world is a good thing. And, you know, like, I kind of like America. I kind of like what it was built on. I kind of like how we got here. I think, you know, we're on the right road. We've done a lot of really good things over the past couple hundred years. I'd like to continue that. I don't think we're in the majority of that when it comes to Washington, though. Drew... Why not pull the plug right now? And I don't want to make that sound oversimplistic. And I'm, I'm not talking about actually pulling the plug on Joe oh, Biden. I mean, pulling the plug on his candidacy, everybody. But why not do that right now? Don't tell me there aren't a few billionaires who run the Democrat Party in the same way there's a few billionaires who run the Republican Party. We all know how the game's played. These are supposedly very smart, successful guys. How are they not having a meeting right now saying, look, Let's go with Buttigieg or Kabbalah Harris or somebody else. I understand none of those names are exactly superstars, but we can't do this. Why bound yourself to a race against time, hoping your candidate can stay lucid long enough in order to get the presidency? Why not just switch? Nothing's stopping them from switching. Yeah, I mean, I think if they were going to do that, right, they probably would wait until very close to or even after the convention. Because if you do it before then, there's going to be a clamoring to try to get the election started again, especially in the middle of this stuff. They're not going to want to do that, I don't think. Um, in a way, this uh, this race, this, uh, you know, COVID-19 era that we're in is tailor-made for Joe Biden as a candidate today. He barely has to speak. Now, you've seen when he does speak, it is a complete and utter disaster. But 90% of the time, he can just sit in his house and do nothing. And that's kind of really the only way he can win. That is the style of campaign uh, that his mental uh, acuity is, is, is best designed for at this point. Um, so I think there's a thought that you can kind of let him roll through this and maybe, I mean, his polling is pretty good when he, when he doesn't speak. So maybe he can roll through it and, 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 and cover himself. As we get closer <laughs> to the election, I think there's that chance of if he's losing badly, if uh, one of these scandals breaks into something bigger, they may look at this and say, look, we've got an easy health excuse here. Our candidate can't even go outside. He's one of the among, uh, among the most vulnerable people uh, to whatever's going on. Why, we're going to switch this out, not because Joe's a bad candidate, but because of health problems and concerns, and we just we need to have, move forward. And then you can pull in somebody else. You know, the obvious name there, I think more than anybody else, people say Hillary, but I think the Democrats hate Hillary as much as we do. Um, I think, you know, the Michelle Obama th card is, is the ultimate card here. I think because Michelle doesn't want to do the work. She doesn't want to go out to freaking drive around Iowa for six months. That is not something she wants to do. But you hand her the presidency six weeks beforehand with no real having, no ability to really have to campaign, no need to really do much of anything. The, the fundraising's built in, the, the structure's all there. She's already done it a hundred times. As you point out, power is, in, is enticing and there is something about it. And if you're handed that, that close to the election and you're looking at your polling and you're winning against a Donald Trump, she may, she may actually enter it. I still think it's a long shot. Biden probably goes through with this thing, but it is possible. 
Well, as if she's some ambitious woman who's always just trying to get to the top. Don't be ridiculous. But speaking <laughs> of Obama, I actually, I'm glad you brought this up. I had this buddy one time, and he was, of course, dating a redhead, which is, you know, mistake number one. They, get, they suck you in with their hotness, and then they destroy your life. And one day I went and picked him up to go golfing. She had not wanted him to go golfing. And we got back, and she had slashed two of his tires and smashed eggs on his couch. And we saw her on the way out of the driveway. And she actually treated me better than Barack Obama has treated Joe Biden throughout this presidential <laughs> process. And I would like to know why. I genuinely want to know why. I, I, look, I don't think they're boys. I don't. But the holding out of the endorsement, uh, there was no point to that. Nobody would have judged Barack Obama. He come out and endorsed him right away. It was your vi it was your VP for eight years. It's assumed you would endorse him. And then even after he's like the only guy left, Obama gives this kind of half-hearted endorsement and then rides back off into the sunset. Is there some rift there I'm unaware of? It is absolutely amazing. I mean, it really is. You know, we have this quirk in our system, right, where as you're running for president, you have this moment where you essentially get to participate in your own one-person election. You're the only person who votes, and you get to name the person who would be the best president of the United States other than you. Mm -hmm. And you're the only person yes. whose opinion matters in the thing. And of all the people in the United States of America, Barack Obama chose Joe Biden. Uh, that's a, you know, a question his decision-making on that, and it's very fair. But that was what he did, right? So now he starts this off, and instead of coming out and saying, as, you're, as you point out, he would be totally excused. No one would care that he did that. It would be an unremarkable moment. Um, and, you know, is it because he saw something uh, in Joe Biden while he was vice president that makes him believe he would not be a good president? Is it something that he's seen that we haven't seen? I mean, it could honestly just be that he's the type of guy who constantly asks you to pick him up at the airport and then never returns the favor. He could just be a bad friend. I would not be surprised at all if that was the end of this. But I mean, I think there's a real chance that, you know, he, he got to see this guy actually operate. Remember, this is the one guy in the administration who said, you know what? No, don't go kill Osama bin Laden. You know, he's made a lot of bad choices. He's been a failure as a candidate so many times. And he may know that, like, I've seen him behind the scenes, and he's not sharp. It's not time for that. So he held it off as long as he could, and at the end of the day, uh, wound up having to, to go for it anyway. But as you, he hasn't done anything. I mean, he, he came out and did one video speech, and he hasn't come out and done anything else. We'll see if he's really active as we get closer to this. But to me, it, it seems like he is, did everything he could to hope somebody else wound up winning. Um, you know, and then at the end, it was him and Bernie, and, you know, he didn't even endorse then, which is it's just a remarkable statement. <laughs> Host of Stew Does America, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. That's it for our Joe Biden dog-faced pony soldier special. All right, y'all. I'll see you next week. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She served me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.
Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.